Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. The Lord instructed Moses to be ready in the morning and come up in the morning and present thyself. Exodus chapter 34, verse 2 and 3, the Lord again said to Moses, his servant, quote, be ready in the morning. Notice in the morning. First thing, and come up in the morning and present thyself. And this is the same thing that God is telling us. Jesus said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Matthew chapter six, verse six. And Jesus told us about the priority of the morning. Because the scripture says that he rose up a great while before day and went out into a solitary place, a place that no man was, and prayed to the Father. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. It's an interesting thing to search down or run down and gather all the scriptures, read them on the prayer life of Jesus. So much revelation there and our lives should be rooted and grounded in following Jesus who gathered with the Father to commune with the Father a great while before day. Mark again 135 and Jesus said as I quoted a minute ago that we're to come before the Lord in private with shutting our door sealing off the world that is so that we have privacy with God and those who meet with the Father in private are going to be used powerfully by God publicly. I love what E.M. Bounds wrote. He said, quote, the men who have done the most for God in this world have been early on their knees, unquote. There are no shortcuts. There is no substitute for meeting with God. In fact, show me a man that is not meeting with God, especially early in the morning, and I will show you a man, whether he realizes it or not, that is actually backslidden. The pattern of early morning prayer is found all the way through Scripture. If we don't wake up swinging, because there is a war for our soul, we must guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, and we need to see seasoning presence of God filling our hearts like a wise virgin believer whose vessel is constantly filled with the bridegroom of heaven's presence and virtue. And that doesn't happen by lip service. There's nothing that can substitute. There's no shortcut to meeting with God. In fact, the whole reason for which we were created is to know God and paramount to knowing God is fellowshipping with the Lord. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is simply communing and communicating back and forth with God. In fact, 
fact, prayer is inseparably connected with knowing God. In fact, Jesus prayed to the Father, John 17, verse 3, this is life eternal. This is the whole reason for it, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17, 3, I highly encourage you to memorize that verse. Prayer is saving faith in action. The obedience it is of engaging in a personal, perpetual, intimate relationship with the Lord. That's what prayer is, coming before God to commune with God. Many have said, and I have to agree, that love is spelled T-I-M-E. And a man who loves God loves and delights to meet with God. In the divine economy, in the personal life of every authentic saint of Christ, knowing the Lord is the highest priority. And these are inseparable realities, prayer and knowing the Lord, setting ourselves aside, being crucified with Christ, that is having no self-will or self-agenda, but being dead and buried with Christ. In fact, Satan is defeated this way as we are dead with Christ and hid with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So we must love and honor God first. Jesus said, seek ye, notice, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. So to seek God first is to put him as the highest priority, putting him first and not ourselves as we honor the Lord. There will be a leading to seek his holy face first thing each morning, as did Jesus and all the patriarchs of God. When such is the case, the perfect will of God will permeate our lives. That is the promise from our Lord Jesus when he says again, but seek ye first, think about the word first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So putting Jesus first is literal. If we haven't uh, settled it in our hearts, in our lives, to spend time with God, preferably, of course, first and foremost, each morning, we are backslidden, setting ourselves up for failure, doing things our own way instead of God's, and in utter need of repentance. Today is the day to turn back to Jesus as the first love of your life, my friend. In fact, Jesus said to the Ephesian church, Revelation 2, beginning in verse 1, and to us, he says that you have left your first love and you must repent and return to the Lord and do the first works. A man named Robert Murray McShane or McShane said this, I can do no good to those who come to seek me if I have forgotten my time alone with God in the morning, unquote. F.B. Meyer said, there is no better way of communing with God than to walk to and fro in your room or in the open air with your Bible in hand, meditating on it and turning its precepts and promises into prayer. That was F.B. Meyer. Here's one from a sister named Mimi. She says, in the past, I would use the excuse that I wasn't awake enough to read in the mornings. She says, as a result, I had much less time with the Lord in his word. Best to do it first. I have coffee every morning with Jesus and his word. So the disciples 
day begins with talking to God in prayer and praise and thanksgiving in His Word and allowing Him to speak to us, to our hearts, through the Word of God. People that say, God's not speaking to me, and yet they have a closed Bible. In other words, they're not studying the Word of God. Of course, He's not speaking to them. He's not circumcising their hearts. He's not filling them with divine virtue, the bread of life, the Word of God, because they're not in the Word. The only way, and there are no shortcuts or substitutes that the Word of God is going to get into you is if and when you get into it and stay into it. Jesus said after some of the Jews were saved and believed on him, John 8, 31 and 32, he said, if, notice if, this is condition, it denotes condition, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You see, some who are listening have been saved and now you're back in the bondage of sin because you didn't continue in the word, which is the only way to get free and to stay free. Notice he says it will make you free, not just set free as a difference, but make you free in an established, abiding walk with him. And in order for this to happen, a quality day with Jesus begins with communion with Jesus. First thing in the morning. Also, I want to look at a quote from Oswald Chambers. I really love this one. This is one of my next to the Bible and all the scriptures on early morning prayer. And by the way, morning, the word morning appears 227 times in the Bible, in the King James Bible, the real English Bible, 227 times. That alone tells us the priority God places on putting him first. Notice Oswald Chambers said, unless in the first waking moment of the day, you learn to fling the door wide back and let God in, you will work on a wrong level all day. But swing the door wide open and pray to your father in secret and every public thing will be stamped with the presence of God. Now, Every one of you who knows the Lord, many of you who have a very rich, established, abiding relationship with Jesus, we all know the difference in the productivity and fruitfulness between a day in which we woke up and sought the Lord diligently and compared that versus a day where we didn't. We know the empty feeling, the running on empty, the desperation, the separation that we feel when we aren't drinking from the fountain of living water, which flows from the throne of God as we come boldly before his throne to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Early will I seek thee, the psalmist said, the man after God's own heart. Psalm 63, 1, O God, thou art my God. Early, notice early, in the Hebrew that means at the dawn hour, that's morning, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Notice, we just talked about the empty feeling, and that's what the psalmist is expressing here. A dry and thirsty land where no water is. There's no water outside of the living water, if you will, spiritually that flows from the throne of God. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1. Let me read that to you. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1 says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, 
clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Absolutely incredible picture. And remember Jeremiah 17, 12, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. I want you to memorize that verse, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 12. Your sanctuary, your headquarters, if you will, is not a local church building or pastor or that organization which you feel on Sunday morning. No, it's the throne of God, beloved. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, where Jesus shed his blood, which gives you full, bold, confident access to the Father any and all times to come boldly before him, to commune with him in fellowship, and as needed to confess any sin. His mercy awaits you. His grace, his divine enablement and influence on your heart awaits you at his throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 through 16, where Jesus, the great intercessor, is there ever living to make intercession for you. Hebrews 7, 24 through 26, this Jesus who died on the cross and said, it is finished or paid in full, ever lives to provide what he died to purchase for you, beloved. But you've got to come to him. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Early will I seek thee. Psalm 63, 1. Early will I seek thee. David also said in 1 Chronicles 16, 11, it's recorded, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face continually. Amen. Men of God have always been seen to wake up early and to seek God first thing. The Lord's word is filled with such examples to us, some of which we've mentioned here in this message. Jesus himself set that example by rising up, as I mentioned earlier, a great while before daylight and seeking the Father in a private place, one uninhabited by any other man. Mark one thirty-five, And that's exactly what Jesus again instructed us to do. But thou when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, that means you've sealed yourself off from all other human beings. When you have shut your door, pray to your Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which is in secret, shall reward thee openly. How many of us desire the open reward, if you will, of God, the bright shining light of Christ beaming in us and through us? This is how it happens. It doesn't happen outside of that intimate, private fellowship in prayer time with the Lord, letting his word fill your heart and mind, crying out to God to circumcise you, to anoint you, to be dead and buried with Christ. And that's when he's raising you up in the resurrection, life and glory and grace and power of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, is beaming and teeming in and through your life. There are no shortcuts, beloved. And anyone you're listening to that's supposed to be a Christian leader and is not teaching you these Bible truths is a false teacher run for your life. There are so many surface-level clowns that people call their pastor who are doing little or nothing other than entertaining people and perpetuating their own organization and its existence. They're not watching for your soul. They're not telling you, get in the Word. As Paul told Timothy, his understudy, study. You, you study to show yourself approved unto God. And that's what 
I'm going to charge you with right now as your brother in Christ. You get in the word and it's only then and when that the word is going to get into you and it's going to change your life and you're going to begin to taste and see how good God is. Psalm 34, 8, because you're going to start to walk with him yourself and realize he's the only one you need. Him and his remnant body who are seeking the face of the Lord and his strength and seeking his face continually. And it's all about Jesus and nobody else. Psalm 88, 13. But unto thee have I cried, the psalmist said, O Lord. Notice he cried out to God. Don't you know we need to cry out to Jesus? Hallelujah. Notice, but unto thee have I cried, O Lord. And in the morning, there it is again, shall my prayer prevent thee. In the English, what that means for his prayer to prevent him, it simply means to go before thee, O God, that my prayer would ascend unto you in the morning. In other words, the psalmist speaking to God speaks of his seeking the face of the Lord first in the morning, putting him first by rising up to pray, to send forth prayer unto the Lord. Brother Mark Herridge said this, give a man a prayer and he can have the victory today. Teach a man to pray and he can have the victory for a lifetime. Let me repeat that from Pastor Herridge Senior, Mark Herridge. Give a man a prayer and he can have the victory today. Teach a man to pray and he can have the victory for a lifetime. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 17, beloved, pray without ceasing. Also, the scripture says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. You know, when you're fainting and you're feeling weak, it's because you're not praying. See, when you're praying, you're not weak. You're strengthened by the might of his spirit in your inner man. In fact, that's a specific prayer that I love to pray. Paul gave it to us by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 3, 16, that he would strengthen you. And I pray right now for you, my friend. There's no accident at all that you're listening to this message. And the only thing that matters in this message is the word of God. And it's directly, specifically to you. And Father, we pray right now that you would strengthen by the might of your Holy Ghost in the inner man, every one of your people listening here, O oh God. Touch their lives, multiply your grace, Lord, and cause them to delight in you, O oh God, to seek your face continually and to know the delight of tasting and seeing how good you are as they come before your throne of grace, a blessing purchased only by the blood of Jesus, and find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Amen. In Jesus' name. Sister Debbie Lord said this, Lately, she says, I've begun my morning by bowing before the Lord God Almighty and Jesus Christ at his right hand, magnifying him, his hallowed name that is holy, spotless, pristine. She continues, wonderful and terrible in his power, judgment, mercy, and love, more pure and true than any other Thing or being in all of creation. There is none like him. None can even begin to match him in all of his majesty. 
So as we finalize this message, be exhorted, beloved, to begin each day with Jesus in his word, in prayer and praise and thanksgiving and a list of people that you're praying for. The Bible says pray one for another. James chapter 5 verse 16. I would actually covet to be on your prayer list. Many of you are on mine. Every day your name is lifted before the throne of our heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ and you are being prayed for by the word of God that you will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, Colossians 4.12, and that his grace would be multiplied to your life, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, etc. And notice when you begin your day with God, everything is going to be blessed. In fact, I'm going to venture to say, as the case with myself and many of you that are listening and walking with Jesus, that you're going to be addicted. You're never going to ever, you're going to choose, I'm not leaving this house. I'm not doing anything until I have sought the Lord in the word. For me, I'm very militant about it. That doesn't mean I'm not spontaneous about it. There's got to be the balance, but it's not going to happen unless it's a deliberate discipline for holy living, if you will, that it's a militant. There's no such thing in the military, by the way, as, well, you get up in the morning, well, I'm just going to go, let's see what I'm going to do today. Oh, no, there's already an agenda. It's all scripted and you're going to do what they say. Or back when I was in the Marine Corps, they're liable to kill you. And literally, people were dying. Not one out of ten people or anything, but it was still happening. You don't have your own agenda. And by the way, that's how it is in the kingdom of Christ. Your agenda doesn't matter. That's why you got to have the cross. Paul told Timothy to be a good soldier, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And if you'll do things God's way, you're going to be blessed. And that can all be done with great delight because his commandments are not grievous. First John 5 verse 3. Why? Because we're delighting in the Lord and he's changing our hearts. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And that's because your heart's going to be transformed into desiring what he wants. Because you're going to find out as all of his people are finding out in greater and greater revelation of it that to delight in him and to do his will is the only way that you're going to have joy, love, joy, and peace and happiness in your heart. Everything else is futility. And God has said it up that you reap disgust, you reap shame, you reap conviction, you reap guilt when you're not simply doing things his way. And that's a gift from God. It's a blessing that car manufacturers have set up a dashboard in your vehicle. When you're running low on something, you know, the other day, vehicle started overheating. Well, duh, it needed some coolant, man. So I put it in there and it solved the problem. Somebody listening, there's red lights on your the dashboard of your spiritual life saying, Beloved, come. Jesus said, come and dine. Sit down at my table. The bounty is unlimited. The variety, the blessing, the nourishment, the virtue, it's all at my table. And Jesus says to you, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You're heavy laden. You're laboring under your own yoke. And it's causing all kinds of frustration in your heart and your mind. You have no peace because you're not sitting at the feet of the Prince of Peace. And God is calling you to come and dine, come to him. He's got everything you need and more. In fact, you're not going to find it anywhere but in him. Beloved, how can we possibly dish out if we don't first dine? How are we going to give out? How are we going to properly feed my flock, Jesus told us to do, if we're not devouring what's in the dish, what's at the banqueting table of Christ by communing with him? We're not. We're going to be running on empty. How shall we feed 
if we don't first fellowship? How are we going to feed others if we're not fellowshipping, feasting on the bounty of Christ, but yet we're famished? The scripture says that in the last days there's going to be a famine in the land, a famine of what? Of hearing the words of God. So before we pray together again and end this message, I want to read to you two verses out of Psalm 27, penned by the man with a heart after God. Don't you just love David? Amen. I can't wait to meet David in glory. He said one thing, Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing, this was his highest priority, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Here it is, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house, that means the presence of the Lord, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Let me highly recommend that you memorize, you meditate on, and you speak out this word. If all we have is a little church attendance curriculum, or we claim to have a spiritual life, yet we don't seek the Lord and are are not filled with his presence. We're just another religionist. That's all we are. That's all we have is dead religion. Jesus said, they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. And when you do, you're going to be freely given the virtue and the blessing of Christ in your life. And freely you have received and then freely you're going to be able to give because your cup is going to run over with the bounty, the presence, the love, joy, and peace, the righteousness, the truth of God, the love of God onto others. That's why I got saved. I saw Jesus and a specific couple of people that come to mind before I was saved. All I had was dead religion. That's all I had. I didn't have the life of Christ. I wanted what they had. And so when I heard the gospel, the Lord blessed me to call on the name of Jesus in repentance and be saved. That's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life, as every born-again believer can testify to. There's nothing more important than being born again. In fact, if you're not born again, you need to stop your life today and get on your face before a holy God or call a true disciple of Jesus. You know who they are and tell them you're ready to get saved. Do it now. Also, we have a page on safeguardyoursoul.com called Peace with God. Peace with God should be at the top of the site. Peace with God. Beloved, before it's too late, let me exhort you to make peace with God. Settle out of court. It's going to be too late when you get there. When you get to the Supreme Court of the universe and the Almighty, you're standing before him to give full account of your life. It's going to be too late because it's too late when you've made excuses instead of gotten honest before God repented and gotten saved. And at that moment, all your sins are washed away. It's too late. Said a lot of court, beloved. David also said this Psalm 27, 8, when thou said, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. See, God's telling you, if you're listening to me right now, to seek his face. That's what he's commanding you to do. Why? Because he loves you. And he knows that's the only place that you're going to have refuge. You're going to have peace in this world. You're going to have his blessing on your life and in your life, in your heart and on the outside, internally and externally. The only way. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the protection and the blessings of the Almighty. Psalm 91, verse 1. Let's pray, saints. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus Christ, the only one who gives us access to you. Please captivate our hearts, O God, with thy holy fear. Unite our hearts to fear thy name, Lord, and hasten us to your holy feet. Teach us to pray, O God, on the importance of being in your presence, communing with thee, O God, and that everything we need and more is in thee. Teach us 
concerning seeking your face, Lord. Let our days begin with you, O Lord. Father, we love you, and we look for the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all Scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.